we all produce crappy work. No one can produce fantastic work reliably 100% of the time. I just don't think that's possible. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke. And I'm Charlie. Today, we're going to be talking actually about sort of like a follow-on from an article that Femke wrote for her newsletter list a couple of weeks back now. Um, It was about how we need more crappy work in this world and how the design world as a whole is, we think perfectionism is slowing it down and stopping us from sharing Mm -hmm. and yeah, I think there's been a really great response to that article. And so we wanted to talk about it more on the show because it is a really important topic, I think, that is affecting a lot of creatives. So should be a good chat. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. And just want to give you a round of applause for writing that article as well, Fem, and kicking this all off because that's always awesome to be the person who starts that conversation. So props to you. Thank you. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback and a lot of positive responses since writing this article, which was all like totally unexpected. Like I wasn't expecting that that was going to happen at all. I just published the article and then it just kind of blew up in my face in a good way. It's It's been really good. Like I've had a really nice week just talking to all these new people who really felt like they resonated with my article and were kind enough to tell me so. So yeah, it's just been been crazy. The positive response I've gotten has been really, really rewarding. And I think you will have gotten that positive response because this article is so authentic and it's obviously it's obvious that you weren't trying to get a viral hit or anything with it, you know, you no. were just writing your experience. And yeah, that that's when I think we produce our best work. And if anyone hasn't read the article yet, by the way, it will be linked in the show notes and perhaps you should go and read it before continuing to listen to this episode. <laughs> But we will cover it. We will cover stuff in here, but still. Totally. So aside from dealing with an overflowing inbox and, you know, your growing email list then, how has your week been? Yeah, I've had a really nice week. I actually had a call with a potential new client yesterday that went Ooh. really, really well. I'm really, really feeling positive about it and I'm really excited and I hope that it all follows through. So yeah, I'm kind of like on a post high. I've just had a really positive week this week talking to potential new clients and exciting projects and this positive wave that I'm writing since my article went out. So yeah, I've had a really positive, busy, good week. I'm feeling good. Awesome. Glad to hear it. And I know that recently, about a week ago now, you did a brand workshop. How did that go? Yeah, I did. So this was more like, I would say a talk than a workshop, but I'm going to be hosting a workshop about branding your YouTube channel at VidCon Europe, which is happening in April over in Amsterdam. So I can come so see So soon. Yeah. Uh, so this was a small like London-based YouTube meetup and uh, the f- person who runs the event asked me if I'd like to come in and give a talk about branding and I thought it could be great to use it as an opportunity to practice and I suppose... Yeah. Um, well, workshop the workshop, haha, and see what, what <laughs> questions people ask and, and how it goes down. And it went really well. There was the audience participation levels were great, which often happens with YouTube things because people, you know, are fine with sharing their opinions most yeah, of the time. Yeah. That's how it works. Um, so we had some really great conversations and we did some like live analysis of some of the channels of people in the room, which was really fun. I was just teaching them about how you can control impressions with your brand and how you can control the things that the person first thinks of when they see your channel. And so we were, yeah, playing around with that and it was fun. Yeah. 
as someone that's like not totally involved in the YouTube world, uh, is, is that sort of a relatively new thing? Like, is it common for YouTubers to brand their channels or not really? I think it's common for the bigger ones. Like when you t- start to take it like more quote unquote seriously and mm-hmm. get professional with it or whatever, that's when they tend to care about the branding more. And so I'm basically trying to teach people who have a channel of any size to brand it in the DIY way. And I'm teaching them some very simple design techniques and yeah. trying to encourage them not to try and you know emulate professional design work, but just to pick a nice font and a nice color and ways to apply them to make something cohesive. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, it can be as easy as that for YouTube, right? Like just as simple as having a color palette, like a really small color palette and consistent font that you use, for example. Like I think often people think think that branding has to be this huge like task and you need to be a big professional designer. And you do obviously in the professional real world, but for your own YouTube channel, I think, you know, the nice thing about that is it's yours and you've got the total freedom to do whatever you want. And so it can be as small and simple as just picking some colors and a font and sort of running with that. Yeah, exactly. So it's fun to, it was cool to see some light bulbs switch on in mm, people's heads, you I know, bet. talking about the stuff that seems so obvious to me, but isn't to anyone who doesn't, you know, spend all day thinking about design. So, right. Yeah, that was cool. Oh, cool. That's good. And good luck for your preparation for the VidCon one, the Thank real you. one. Yes. I'm sure I'll talk more about that as we yeah. get nearer to it. Cool. So to kick off talking about why we need more crappy work in this world, which, you know, saying that sounds weird. (laughs) It doesn't sound like a thing that a designer who appreciates quality Mm -hmm. would say, but I totally agree with you and everything you wrote in your article. Um, Can you give us a short summary of of it, I guess, for in case anyone hasn't read it or needs a refresher? And I'd also love to hear what inspired you to write it. Like if there was, I don't know, a certain thing that happened that just like snapped and you like felt you needed to talk about it or... Yeah, where, where did that inspiration come from? So the article is basically talking about how we need more crappy work. And and you're right, like thinking about that, you think, oh, really? But do we? Like everything is already so crap or like we need more better stuff. Like everything in the real world is so polished and we need more of that. And I think that's true to a point. I think what I found is that just too much work is too overpolished and too perfect and I I sort of in the article I come from a place of like looking at Dribbble or looking at Instagram which are two platforms that you know used to sort of encourage amateur work like Dribbble was originally a site that was supposed to encourage you to share work in progress and get helpful critique from your peers and you know it wasn't supposed to be a platform to publish your pixel perfect designs. And same if you look at Instagram back in the day, we had those terrible filters and, you know, people Mm -hmm. were just taking amateur photos and, you know, we were loving it. And now it's like professional photography on there. And I don't know, like after just experiencing that for so long, I just kind of started to get tired of it. Like I feel like there's this overwhelming pressure of perfectionism and that everything we have to publish has to be, like 100% perfect. And I think, I didn't talk about this in the article, but I think that kind of extends to this sort of idea of everyone feeling pressure to create their perfect selves online, right? Like everything that you put online is like a representation of yourself and you want yourself to look good. And so naturally you're only going to publish and post things that post you in that sort of positive light. And, you know, with all of this 
perfect work online. And I come sort of from a design perspective here, right, about posting, you know, perfect pixel perfect mock-ups and like yeah. these amazing illustrations. Uh, you know, you don't get to see a lot of the behind the scenes anymore. And I think especially for young designers, I think that can be really hard because you're still learning and you're still really early on in this process and this journey of becoming a designer. And if all you kind of see is this pixel perfect work, then I think that can make it quite daunting for you to, or or like less encouraging for you to come out and publish your work because you're going to feel like it's not good enough or not up to, up to, you know, the, the high level status that's sort of required now these days to publish your work online and I think that's just such a shame and such a missed opportunity and I see so many designers now struggling with this you know perfectionism that's now required in all of our work that they just either don't publish anything or just stop producing altogether and just sort of keep their work private and do it all in the dark which is a shame I think. Yeah I think so too and I think it, seeing all this perfection all over the place could also make designers who are newer to the industry feel like they're much further away than they actually are, you know? Yeah. Uh, on their learning journey, I suppose, is what I'm talking about. So you're not seeing the the crappy work that this other designer does before they reach this perfection stage. And you're not seeing that you're there at their level. They just are able to go one step further and they've, you know, been able to refine their skills and their talents to push it and get to that great looking work. Totally. But I think it would be really helpful if you could see that some of their early concepts look just like yours do. So just keep pushing and you'll get there eventually too. Totally. And I, I've struggled from this too. Like I found it hard when you only see the final results online it's kind of left up to you to figure out the path to get to that final result. And you don't know. It's all a mystery because nobody's talking about that part or the process. People are only talking about the finished work. So you're kind of like left in the dark to figure it out on your own. And there's so much opportunity as well in crappy work, like so much opportunity to learn, to try new things, like to just do something for fun, to play. Not everything has to have this like strict 100% um, purpose or you know it doesn't have to always be helpful in some way like maybe you could just create something just for fun or just to explore something you know it doesn't always have to serve this you know huge underlying purpose for something and I look back now on my work from you know four years ago when I was learning design and it's so terrible like it's so so crappy but if I didn't do those early explorations and like those crappy designs I never would have learnt things like you know typographic hierarchy or like how to create a vector in Illustrator you know those basic things that you need to learn to get to that level where you can actually produce solid work. I also think too thinking about the process behind things it stunts the learning process almost when you're just seeing all that perfect work because you might for example, be looking at all these great websites that people are showing on Dribble and, you know, these UI elements and jump into design one yourself and just start trying to make it look like that. Whereas you need to start with a wireframe and you need to start, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about the, the user flow and the user experience and not even thinking to start with about gradients or shadows or anything like that. And how often do you see people post their wireframes online? Yeah, I mean, never, I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Or <Well>, very rarely. <laughs> 
And there's so much like conversation that you can have around a wireframe, right? I think if you share a wireframe, I only see benefits from doing that in a way. Like I don't see how that could be terrible unless you're like super worried, which you shouldn't be, you know, about your online image. You know, sharing a wireframe could help someone else who maybe is struggling with how to create wireframes, like they don't know how to do it. Your Crazy Eights uh, thing that you Mm. use that you've shared on this podcast which like that's awesome that you've shared that because I'm sure that there's at least one person that's listened to this that's gone away and implemented and used that successfully in a project. But, you know, if if we'd never talked about that and never been open on the show about our process and behind the scenes stuff, then that's, in my opinion, a missed opportunity to learn something new. Yeah, and you saying that makes me think that I definitely need to share more of my work along the way. Um, now that I work the most of the websites I designed are for work, right? And at my last job, mm-hmm. I couldn't really share like work in progress stuff because we didn't want uh, competitors to see it or whatever. There was, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of those concerns. So I'd never really share work along the way, just in case. Um, yeah. But now I think I can be a lot more open at ConvertKit about, you know, projects that we're working on. And so I really should start sharing more along along the process. Like you said, I do make videos like teaching about my process a lot of the time. So, you know, I'm doing something at least, but I think I can definitely do more. And yeah, I, I personally myself need to not be afraid of putting that crappy early on stuff out there or even the stuff that you work on and then decide not to finish. You know, I, I need to get better at sharing that. But yeah, what about you? How do you how do you fit into this and this crappy work? Was there something that made you write this article that you just realized, like, do you struggle from this as well? Talk to me, fam. Talk to me. <sighs> yeah, well, there wasn't something, like, there wasn't anything that happened in particular yep. that sparked this. It was just more of something that's been building up over time. Mm. And I go to Dribble not daily, but almost daily, and... I just feel really crappy about myself every time I go on there. Like I just see all of these pixel perfect designs that often actually I find that when you look at them close up, they're actually pretty meaningless. Like they look really nice, but the functionality or like the user experience behind it isn't actually that great. And that's when you kind of know that people are just feeling this pressure to put out something that looks perfect as opposed to putting out something that, you know, maybe they're still working on and need actual help with and also that sometimes people show just a small snippet yeah without the, the context. whole page yeah. yeah and then there's no context it's great to see that small snippet and see the details up close of course but yeah without context you really can't can't judge it fairly I suppose I, d- I think I've definitely stopped posting on dribble so much because of that like yeah not only that I just also forget it exists sometimes but <laughs> unless I need to look for inspiration but yeah, I feel like, mm, is this dribble worthy? And it's the same with posting to Instagram. I'll be like, mm, is this photo Instagram worthy? And I don't like that way of thinking. I don't like that I do that because it's, they're my profiles. I can post whatever I like. And so if I want to post it, then it's worthy, I guess. Totally. And that leads perfectly into this question that I have been meaning to ask you, which is, Ooh. do you think there's a time and a place for crappy work? Definitely. Um, I don't think it's in your portfolio. Maybe it's as part of the process in your portfolio, you know, in a a case study when you show your journey along the way Mm -hmm. because you can show that that end product you reached was really great. But I think that, uh, who was it? Wait, someone tweeted something 
to do with this. That they, it was a response to your article. Kevin said that that's why he's going to add lab or raw um, to his website. He's going to add right, yeah. like a section where he's posting work in progress things and like labeling it as such so that people are aware that it's not his finished work, but he's still able to share that. And I like that a lot. I think that we, I wouldn't, I'd be very afraid of putting out crappy work and people thinking that I was really proud of it, you know, <laughs> but also I think it's better to share the process and to share that you're doing stuff and, and being active and yeah, learning, I guess. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't think that your portfolio is the place to put your crappy work on. And like when I, when I tweeted about this article, I had a couple of people that assumed that that like that's what I was saying that you should ah right yeah and so I you know I want to make it clear that I do believe there's a time and a place and your portfolio is not the place to put your crappy work and like you you just sort of brought up I think if you can create a dedicated space for sharing that type of work and you know, having a, a extra page on your website, for example, that's a good example. Like I have a couple of friends here that are illustrators and they have a section on their website called Doodles. And that's where they just share, you know, all of their rough illustrations. Like when I look at them, I'm like, wow, they're amazing. They're like perfect. But to them, they're like, oh no, they're so bad. Like they're just my sketches. They're half finished. And like, I think that's great because otherwise those Doodles or those small ideas or those little explorations just get lost right and so if you can have a dedicated space where you can share that stuff and there's multiple benefits in doing that right one of them is it shows that you're active like that you're practicing and that you're you know hello I, I exist I'm still actively working and doing this stuff and another benefit is you know just giving your crappy work a purpose as well right like the purpose to to share it and to help others and to show your work in progress and show a little bit of the behind the scenes yeah, and I think from what you're saying there too, crappy work doesn't mean it's work that deliberately looks bad or that even looks bad at all. Like, right, yes. Like you were saying, it could be something that other people might look at and think is amazing and, and really like, but it's just not up to your personal finished work, high quality standards, you know? And so that's why we shouldn't be afraid of sharing it because it's not that it's bad work even, even though we're calling, you know, crappy work in general is, is the title for it. It's just work along the way and it's an idea that you decided not to not to go with. But sharing it mm, could it's still unfinished. help someone else. Yeah, unfinished. Or or maybe yeah, unfinished is good. It might be might be have gotten to an end point, but perhaps you've decided not to that it wasn't quite turning out as you expected or something. Yeah. yeah it, it doesn't have to be deliberately bad, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, no, I, I get that. And I think we're often paralyzed, right, with this idea of perfectionism. And so if you can create a safe space for yourself to, to publish that sort of unfinished or that crappy work, then I think that sort of reduces some of that paralyzed feeling. So I'm going to throw it back to you then, Fem. Where's that space for you? What, like, what are you doing about this now? Yeah, that's a really good question. And something that I'm more actively trying to figure that out for myself. So in the past, if you if you look at my dribble and sort of scroll down a little bit, I do have rough things in there. Like I even have something from my sketchbook, like a photo of my sketchbook on there. And I've kind of lost that along the way. Like I, I will admit I got sucked into this idea of perfectionism and publishing perfect work. And now I'm sort of more motivated than ever to 
you know, lead by example and practice what I preach, right, obviously. And so I am now starting to actively think about where that place could be for me. Maybe I'll set up a page on my website where I'll publish it. Maybe I'll just be more active about like quickly taking a screenshot of whatever I'm working on and posting it on Twitter or on Instagram or whatever and just sort of being more transparent, I suppose, in my process and my behind the scenes stuff. And I have so much work that exists on my computer that has never been published or like never seen the light of day for various reasons. Like some of that is client work, some of that is personal work that just never happened like I've spent hours designing things that are only now living in sketch (laughs) and you know those are opportunities for me to share that work it's work that's totally unfinished and I just haven't yet found a place to share those but it's it's something that is in my mind now and something that I really want to start doing so I'm not exactly sure where that place is going to be but it's something that I'm more actively going to try and do I yeah I'm thinking about this uh for myself as well I don't really want to make a place on my website for it because I just know that that would be just something else I forget to ever bother to update <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I think I want to like take back dribble and and put stuff on there that's more work in progress because yeah that is what I like about it even though I personally use it to find inspiration for things and so I am looking for more finished pieces of work on there a lot of the time but that doesn't mean that you can't get ideas from the process as well. Totally. And seeing something that someone tried and it didn't work for them in their context, but maybe it might work for you. Who knows? Yeah, I think that's true. And I mean, I skeptically, I kind of want to bring in case studies here just a little bit. Yeah, uh, go for it. Case studies on your website. I always see portfolios that are just showing the finished state. So like, this is the like, okay, I recently watched you did a video where you did some portfolio reviews of your listeners. And yeah. I, I remember there was one uh, where you you mentioned that uh, the girl should bring up the, she had, she, it was a logo or something and she had it right down at the bottom of the post, but she should bring it up to the top or something like yeah. that. And like, that's kind of what I'm talking about is sort of showing the work more forwardly, but also showing behind the scenes. You know, we always just see this is the logo I made and it's like, okay, well, what was some of the decision making behind this? You know, I want to know that. Like, how did you get to this point and why did you choose these elements and that kind of stuff? And sharing a bit more about the behind the scenes process, case studies on your portfolio are another way that you could do that and sort of bring in behind the scenes stuff. And and I have tried to do that on my own portfolio. So I do have case studies of the projects that I've done and I show some of the behind the scenes stuff and like how I got to this decision and whatever. And I, I think that that can also be considered, you know, crappy work, just showing more of the behind the scenes and some of the decision making that went into something. Yeah, I think what we're getting at is that when we're saying crappy work, we're meeting the process, right? Yeah, meaning all that work you do before it's the polished finished thing. Case studies is something that I don't really have in my portfolio. Um, so I feel a little, little bit like a fraud when I'm like preaching that but not practicing it. <laughs> but also, it, like with context, right, I'm not on the hunt for freelance work. Yes. And if I was actively pursuing that, then 100% I would have case studies because that's, you know, the way that people are going to learn how you work and they're going to get a better idea of the projects. So I'm just going to give myself that excuse. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, well, totally, because it depends on what your focus is, right? Yeah. If your focus is not on getting freelance work, then your your time and energy is better spent elsewhere on where you do want to focus. So don't worry. I will give you a hospital pass for that one. Don't feel like I'm Thank judging you. you. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> 
I think also when I talk about crappy work, I also want to mention uh, that I think play comes into this as well. Yeah, I loved this in your article, this mention of play. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was touching on sort of at the start of this episode about feeling like all work has to have this kind of purpose, but I don't think it does. And I feel like we, somewhere along the road, we stopped sharing our playful things that we do and, and things that we just do to play and explore. And that kind of also falls under this tree of crappy work. Again, like it's it might not necessarily be crappy. Like maybe you created something that's really amazing, but it was just playful. Like there was no purpose for it. It's just, I made this thing for fun. And I feel like we don't share enough of that either. And so, yeah, that's also something that I would encourage people to share and something that I, I also am trying to share more of. Do you know what? That's something that I need to actually do more of yeah no same. I feel like I, I never yeah. never just sit down and would design something for fun I used to do it all the time like make wallpapers for my computer and things like that and that's how my t-shirt company started was just yeah. I wanted to make some fun lyric graphics true know? so there's so much potential in play too right like I'm sure yeah. that when you started doing those t-shirt designs it was just for play like without much yeah, of a purpose totally. but now that's it's literally so what it was. yeah but now it's so much more purposeful and it's evolved over time but you never would have gotten to that point if you didn't just start by playing and exploring yeah exactly so I need to allow more time for that I think in my schedule give myself space to play around more yeah I, I'm still figuring that out as well it is definitely hard when you've got so much quote unquote purposeful stuff to do and to try and squeeze play in there can be really difficult you know play could even be going to a museum or something and like documenting your day and gaining inspiration I think taking it back to student days when you'd like be creative with anything in the world around you and you'd get these Mm. weird assignments Mm -hmm. like we had one to go to a specific street in Wellington and make something from there and we had to be inspired by our surroundings you know yeah I think we need to make sure we keep that going outside of the formal education because obviously that that helped form our skills now so why can't it keep help forming them that was a not English you know what I mean (laughs) I get you hey I saw that we did a poll should we share the results of that yeah so I wanted to see who else is struggling with this because I definitely feel like perfectionism stops me from sharing these little pieces along the way and and you know putting work out that I'm not 100% proud of so I asked do you think perfectionism is stopping you from sharing your work or sharing more work online and 87% said yes so we are definitely not the only ones to feel this fem that's like a landslide like basically you know heaps of people said yes so I think that shows we all like almost all of us struggle with this right this idea of perfectionism and you know what I'm sure that even the people who we consider to be perfect also struggle with this, right? And yeah. I, I mentioned this as well in my article about, you know, even that hotshot designer on Twitter that you follow and, you know, you're like in awe of their work. I'm sure that they either think their work is really crap or also produce really crap work that just never sees the light of day. We all produce crappy work. No one can produce fantastic work reliably 100% of the time. I just don't think that's possible. I think that we as designers need to take action on this too because it's not just your article. Like for years now, people have been going on about Dribble being all about perfect work and yeah. not about where it came from. Yeah. And yet we're still always posting perfect work to it. So I, know. 
I had a lot of people actually tweet me asking, oh, well, where where should I post it? Like, we need a yeah. platform that does encourage this crappy work. And I even had some people DM me who were like, saying that they were thinking about creating their own platform like they were so they've been so annoyed I guess by this idea of perfectionism that you know from their perspective they're like we need a new place to go we need a new place for the community to come together and actually talk about you know real work and actually help and critique each other in a productive way so let's let's post a dribble right let's let's do it let's change dribble (laughs) and i want to set homework for anyone listening to this week you've got to post one work in progress shot doesn't have to be on dribble if you don't have a dribble profile if you're not into it Mm -hmm. post on twitter instagram something i think that'd be cool right to see some work in progress totally yeah and and i need to start doing this as well yeah i need to do more of it let's not stand here on our high horse no i I mean i'm not saying that i'm the perfect leading by example person on this because i mean i struggle with this too all the time perfectionism and feeling that pressure to only publish my really good work so yeah it's something that i also really need to work on so i'm gonna do that homework challenge myself too same sounds good we had some twitter replies as well to that poll that i ran um, about if perfectionism does stop you from sharing more work online and Harmon said it used to but not anymore so I went back and asked like what changed to get past that because I know it's something that a lot of us are struggling with and he said it's all part of the process of getting better I wanted to share often and get as much feedback as I can and take pride in that process um, and that he just loves to focus on the process not the end result and if the process gets better the end result gets better and I love that way of thinking mm. and it's so true I also feel like as you focus on your process and improving your process, you can make faster decisions as well and you can be more sure of yourself and and perhaps know better when you are at that end result because it sometimes feels like we can keep designing forever. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Fem? Yeah, I, I think so too. And to, to ride off this, it sounds like Harmon has confidence, which is yeah. awesome. And and exactly. that's what a lot of us, I think, struggle with and, and don't have enough of. We could all do with more confidence, I think, right? Like, I wish I was more confident. And a lot of people already considered me to be quite a confident person. And so I think that's awesome for Harmon. It sounds like he's really confident and, and focused. His focus is on the process and he understands the benefits of focusing on that area and so isn't afraid to talk about it and to share it because he realizes the benefits that can come from that and that outweighs you know the feelings of it not being good enough or whatever mm. yeah exactly so like sharing your process and sharing that crappy work isn't just to help other people learn it's also for it you helps you as well totally yep. yep camilla had an interesting response too she said that perfectionism hasn't stopped the sharing so much for her as the making which makes her really sad because mm-hmm. the making is part yeah. that you can do in private and and not have to be worried about other people judging you you know if that's a fear for you but sometimes it can get in your head right seeing all this perfect work and you start to feel like you're not good enough that definitely used to happen to me a lot with web design especially when I was first getting started with it Mm -hmm. that I'd see these beautiful polished end sites and I'd be like I don't understand how they got there like I just can't make mine look that sharp and clean no matter like I'm trying to make my styles look the same or whatever, but it, it's it's not got that same polish to it. And that did used to really get me down before I, you know, put in the time and just practice to try and learn and, and get to that stage. But yeah, I don't know. It's easy to let it get to you, I think. 
Yeah, I think it comes back to that feeling of paralysis, right? Like you're so paralyzed by all of this perfect work that you can't even put pen to paper because you, before you've even started, you feel all of that pressure for it to be, you know, pixel perfect. Yeah, it's like if you were going to write a book and it had to be like super profound right from the first word you write down. Yeah, you can't edit it. It's like whatever whatever you type is being published. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, that's that's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I can I can understand how Camilla would feel that way. I would just encourage her to try and not let it get to you. Like just just keep pushing forward and keep creating things and don't let that fear of it having to be perfect stop you from creating something. I love that. That seems like a good note to end on. Yeah, this is a fun fiery episode, I think. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for expanding on your article and talking about i think this is a good topic to talk about and it's one that we need to not just talk about but actually take action on both of us and people listening so let's do it yeah that's totally my takeaway from this i think is that i i've learned from this that i just need to start publishing more of my behind the scenes so that's my goal for this week and everyone else that's your homework too. publish at least one thing that's behind the scenes or that you consider to be crappy and tag us in it on Twitter if you feel like sharing yes, it on there. Please. We're at Design Life FM and we would love to see your crappy work. <laughs> we would. And if you want to listen to our other episodes, you can go to designlife.fm. You'll see all of our episodes there as well as our newsletter, which you can subscribe to. You'll be the first to hear of new episodes. We're also available on any of your podcasting apps, whatever you use. Just type our name in and you'll find us in there. We'd really appreciate reviews and ratings on iTunes because that really helps more people discover it, which is always really exciting because I do feel like listener responses are one of my favorite parts of the show. And I always say oh, that yes. and I'm not just saying it. It's, it's an actual fact. No, it's always like warm fuzzies, right? It's always nice. Exactly. Well, good chat, fam. Yeah. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Adios. Oh, different language there. Oh, yes. I'm getting very cultural. <laughs>